welcome to I'm Anxious About, a podcast where two friends commiserate about our respective anxieties on a new topic each week. I'm Christopher Mitchell. And I'm Allison Green. And today we are anxious about criticism. So uh, let's dive in here. Yeah. Um, so the f- the first oh the first thing I wanted to say um, after just totally cutting you off. Um, no, please. <laughs> I had nowhere to go there. I was just trying to transition somehow from the good silence. Maybe we've been like partners at this for uh, long enough that I'm starting to sense when you need me to come swoop in and vice yes. versa. Yes. And and that actually um, transitions really nicely into what I was going to say, which is that this is our 20th episode. Woohoo! That feels like an accomplishment, right? It is. It means that we're six weeks away from doing this for six months, which somehow feels more than 20 episodes. I don't know why. Yeah, it does. I think <laughs> I think that kind of blew my mind a little bit. So yeah. good for you for offering the insightful math there. It was some really, really intense math. Like, thank you, Miss <laughs> Lopolato, my AP calculus teacher, your rock star, for helping me calculate that. <laughs> I hope she's a. I hope she's a listener. <laughs> I hope so too. I hope she's doing all right. I miss her. Don't I you always that. have those teachers who you're just like, you are the best. I wonder how you're doing. She's wonderful. Absolutely, yeah. It was actually those teachers that inspired me to be a teacher there for. Uh, myself for for a little bit be an educator um so i i hold those people near and dear to my heart but um i was uh was going to say um that i'm just just from my end that i i'm happy we made it to 20 episodes here's to, to mm-hmm. many more and just um a kind reminder for anyone who's maybe new to the show that uh, we do have a Facebook group we're anxious about where you can come hang out with us. And uh, we also appreciate reviews and five stars. Um, And just make sure you don't offer us uh, any criticism, right? Constructive or otherwise, just, just yes. none of that. <laughs> none of it. Yeah. We don't take it well. Um, and, and so, so for some people who have listened to our episode on conflict i wouldn't say this is a continuation or a part b in any way but there will be a little bit of overlap but i think we're going to do our part here to try and focus specifically on uh criticism itself so before we talked about how you know criticism can serve as a bit of a a bridge to conflict with anxiety but we'll try to stay focused uh on criticism here um uh, for long-time listeners uh they'll know that uh, focus hasn't necessarily been our strong suit so we'll just promise to do our best yes we'll do our (laughs) our best and that's all we can really offer i i think that's totally fair so let's get things kicked off a little bit i think the maybe the first thing that we can talk about and this is the first thing that I kind of wrote down when I was thinking about the episode was this, um, I don't know, maybe like this tension between, you know, wanting to improve and thinking like, Hey, you know, I know I'm not, I know I'm not a finished masterpiece here. You know, that's for sure. I, I have a lot of work to do. Um, I really want to improve, but then, um, 
not really wanting to hear how you can improve. <laughs> and hey, so, Chris, can I offer yeah. you a piece of constructive criticism? Please. We we forgot to do our our intro and how we're doing today. Oh. <laughs> so, is this where you, okay? Let's let's politely backpedal. Um, yes. Can we like? I don't know if I'm capable yet of inserting those like um, sound effects. So I'll just. We can just use that one and go back in time a little bit <laughs> to rewind. Um, I will back up and ask you, Allison, um, on a scale of one to getting an email that includes an itemized list of all of your faults. Uh, where are you at? Um, a, that just gave me anxiety thinking about it because a <laughs> list of all my faults would be so long that it wouldn't even, it would just break the email server and would just bounce back and be like, mailbox full. <laughs> Please sort Gmail's your just shit down. out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, sirens wail in the distance. Um, but um, almost that, I guess. I don't know. I'm fine now. I'm now I'm like a two, but it's like an artificial two because I'm heavily medicated because I woke up this morning with like, horrible anxiety just I don't know the way that my anxiety manifests a lot of the time there's not really a cause there's just like this physical sensation that something is like gravely wrong Mm -hmm. and um I guess I was having some bad dreams last night I had a dream um like about the California wildfires my uh my aunt's house was under risk for for a while and it's it's fine now but in my dream I was like almost like from a drone's eye view watching it burn. And I think that kind of like really messed with uh, my head when I woke up this morning and I woke up just like super anxious, like had trouble breathing, felt like I wanted to throw up, actually was having like really horrible like indigestion and stuff, you know, just mm. a lot of the times people don't account for how physical anxiety can feel when you're not actually even having like an anxiety attack or a panic attack, but sometimes anxiety can just be like a physical sensation that goes throughout your whole body to the point where like, you know, your whole body just feels almost sick, you know? And that's kind of how I felt this morning. Um, So I was able to, you know, take some breathers, take some medicine, lie down for a couple hours and sort of get myself back to equilibrium. And normally that makes me feel like fine for the rest of the day, but today I just feel very sedated. And that's not actually a very typical feeling for me because I'm very like acclimated to my medication and stuff. So I normally don't feel so like weirdly sedated, but I don't know. I also didn't sleep well at all last night. So I think it's like kind of a combination of like sleeping horribly plus like morning anxiety that was really tiring on my body plus um like literally sedating myself so um I guess this morning I was like at an eight and now I'm at like a fake two (laughs) (laughs) I like the designation of the fake two I think that's yeah I mean it's a real two because it's how I feel but I know that it's I only feel that two because of the wonders of modern medicine a lot of makeup on that too a lot of makeup on that too yeah yeah put yeah there's a whole cake of foundation there's some lipstick (laughs) some fake eyelashes she's got extensions it's yeah using a filter an instagram filter to really thin thin Um, out the two 
<laughs> Absolutely. Like, realistically, I would have probably recovered and been around a five, but now I'm more like just a very chilled out two, but it's a very fake feeling too. I don't know. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. All right. Um, how about you? Um, how I can't even process the scale today. That's okay. On a scale, the, on a scale, the ones with a really long email listing all your faults. Exactly. Itemized yeah. list of your faults. How are you exactly. doing today? So, firstly, I just will say that I'm happier and it's doing okay. And I think it's um, it's sometimes you get this pang of anxiety and you feel like you're there's a problem and you got to kind of have to you have to fill the blank and insert a problem but it does yeah. seem like in this situation it's understandable there's it's a bit of a um obviously it's a trying situation and so i'm just i'm just uh grateful that it seems like her house will be okay it's it's a very uh it's a very intense situation over there and yeah and we've talked we've talked before many times um seeing as this is our 20th episode we've you know we've, we've rehashed some of this stuff before um you know, we've talked about how during this time especially some of these things can really become amplified and and that's why i think both of us are uh, kind of really happy to continue to underline the fact that we got to be kind to ourselves during this time so um i think uh, and i'm also happy kind of shared so openly about that because I'm sure there are, you know, somebody else is going to be listening to this at some point and feeling also kind of feeling like an eight. And uh, just to hear that someone else is, was there and is kind of coming back down and feeling a little bit better. I think that's helpful. So I will thank you for sharing that. And, um, and for me, um, I feel pretty good today, to be honest. And, and that's largely because I uh, last week had a bit of a moment where I was just was uh was yeah just feeling a little bit down of not seeing people uh, again and uh, made an effort to reach out to uh, kind of three of my best buddies and and uh, lined up plans to safely see two friends on on Friday and my good buddy yesterday um, was able to see him outside for for a bunch of hours so um, it's uh, there's just absolutely no question for me that that's that makes a big difference in, in, in how I'm feeling. Also saw, um, two of, uh, Brie and I had, uh, saw two of our really good friends that we love to, to see literally as I was driving back from seeing my other buddy, Brie called and was like, well, you wouldn't want to go out for a few beers, would you? And see more people. And I was like, yeah, I'm in full social mode. Um, I want to <laughs> see all the people all the time. So anyways, I, I know that, um, you know, for some people, socializing with people uh, can definitely be uh, a, a taker of energy. And I, I totally understand that. But for me, in a lot of ways, it uh, gives a lot of energy back. So I feel pretty good today, to be honest. Um, honestly, like a, maybe, a, maybe a one or a two. Um, nice. Like, I feel, yeah, so I'm, I'm happy. But I, I know it's directly correlated to the fact that I... I saw some people that I, that I, quite frankly, I was having some anxiety about not seeing um, mm -hmm. because I started, you know, you, you could start to craft narratives of like, in my head, I was crafting narratives of, of the fact that like, uh, when I hate using the phrase when this is over, right? Because it's, it's, it's mm -hmm. going to be a long trying time. But in your head, in my head, I was sort of envisioning this time when it was like, when this period is passed, and it's just going to be me being like, hey, do I have friends still or <laughs> no? You know, yeah. and, and, uh, and so at the very least it was validating like no i think um you know t 
to try and get a little bit of a reasonable perspective. Yeah, perhaps the friend I've known since grade three was at my wedding party will still be there. Um, and, and perhaps my two buddies that I've known really well from university will still be there. And and all of these kinds of uh, these nice little assertions that, uh, yeah, it's, you know, not everything just evaporates like that. So, yeah, especially in a time like this. Yeah, like. yeah. But it's but it can be hard to. Uh, it's kind of just like it was nice at the very least to just sort of. I don't know, check myself in that regard and be like, mm-hmm. no, um, no, you put a lot of time and effort and, and love into these relationships. They don't just evaporate. Yeah. So that was, that was good. So I think that's kind of why I'm feeling good today. Nice. Um, and, and also on like a, just a totally shallow level. Um, the NFL is back today. Um, <laughs> I, I like having sports all day. <laughs> There's something glorious about having this really prominent distraction that occurs from literally 1 p.m. all until night on every Sunday. <laughs> oh, that that gives me anxiety. No. Yeah. I only like sports if it's like a very We'll go into this at some point in some episode because I have a lot yeah, of anxiety about sports, but pretty much like unless I have a specific goal for watching the sports, like this is the Olympics or like this is like my home team or like this is the playoffs. Like I have zero interest. If it's just like your average run of the mill, like this amounts to nothing. I'm like, oh, I don't care. <laughs> well, fair enough. Um, we, we will certainly do an episode on that in the in the near future. And um, in, even though there are games occurring right now in the background, I promise listeners that I won't become aloof and check things while you're talking. <laughs> Uh, and nice. Yeah, that's a that's a that's that's a dedicated promise. So that's yeah. that's that shows how dedicated I am to this uh, to this podcast because there are certainly large parts of my ADHD side. They're like, hey Chris, why don't you try multitask, bud? Check the score. Check see see how your fantasy player is doing. Is yeah. a lie. It 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 um yes yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I you sounded like with... you were about to mount like a passionate defense of multi i was yeah i almost had a huge rebuttal well we need to do another episode on this because i do there's no way i can address that uh without like a 10 minute sort of diatribe so we'll, we'll get there um but uh i will for now just wind things back to uh how i started the episode a little bit before Can we actually talk like a, a fast forwarding noise to that to me was more like wily coyote like shaking his head or something okay know. but so, yeah okay like reasonable <laughs> i think that's like i was gonna try out another noise but like i, I don't think i have one that's fine yeah. that was reasonable okay. i think my uh, association of Wiley Coyote with that was probably the weird part. <laughs> I, I when you did say that, I was like, I guess, uh, but I will, I, I will accept it. <laughs> so, uh, what I was getting at before, um, and before I did the, I guess, like pseudo Wiley Coyote thing, was I was going to spin it back to talking about this central tension around criticism and i don't know if this is directly related to anxiety or not i just know that it's something that i have a hard time contending with in some way which which is that that tension that i have of i I want to improve i know i'm not um i know i've got uh room to grow and, and 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 that i need to you know continue to actively try and get better and better 
Um, but I don't necessarily want to be picked apart to hear how I can become better. So I'm, I'm trying to play with that idea of what that looks like for me in practice. Yeah. Um, is that something that you resonate? Does that yeah. resonate with you? Yeah. In theory, I would like to be able to accept criticism. Yes. <laughs> like in theory, that would be good for me. And I do want to become a better version of myself and continue to improve. But I think in practice, I'm so self-critical in reality, just as like the nature of being someone whose primary mode of anxiety is social anxiety. So like I'm constantly like flagellating myself for like, you know, how I spoke to a grocer, you know, and I'm just constantly so self-critical. And so I'm just I live in a state of like low key embarrassment like all the time, like how people like run a low grade fever. I run like low grade embarrassment just constantly. I think that's and- very well put. I, I, I'm going to guarantee you that there are a number of listeners right now who are nodding their heads and like, speak the truth, yeah. Allison. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like when people point out something to me and criticize me, meanwhile, I've been criticizing myself on this like background track this whole time. And then they bring something to the forefront it's like, fuck you. Like, I know that. I know that I'm terrible. I've been telling myself how terrible I am for an hour now. Um, and why, how dare you? Like, I I already have already, enli- like, listed every, which one of my failings before you sent me that email listing all of my flaws, you know? It's like, when yeah. you're socially I crafted ang- the email. I crafted yeah. the email and sent it to myself. Exactly. When you're socially anxious, you're just you're already sort of rehearsing for that moment all the time. Yeah. And then it suddenly comes and you're like, uh, but, but, but what? <laughs> like I was just, I was just going to do this by myself. <laughs> it's, sorry. It's almost like you, like you, <laughs> you built the, the entire stage and theater for the production, you know, and then someone just shows up and does the scene, you know, that you yeah. already <laughs> Yeah. And you're like, fuck off understudy. Like this is my thing. <laughs> I I get to hate me. This actually yeah. that that point actually really connects with um, an article that I wanted to to mention in this episode, and that's an article called "Relax, You're Going to Be Criticized" by uh, Rick Hansen. That and made me like that made my shoulders rise like about a half yeah, an relax. Inch. Yeah, it's like yeah, what you're like, telling me. Like number one, you're telling me to relax. Like therefore, <laughs> like I will instinctively not relax. Like I will get my hackles raised and then be yeah. criticized. That's another yeah, when, I, when I mentioned that, uh, that I was gonna, probably going to mention something about this in when we, before we started recording, I didn't actually mention the title of this. So <laughs> that, so I, I went and said that aloud. I was like, oh, I think this might get a rise. But yeah, anyways, Rick, you got the, Rick, you got the genuine surprise reaction. Exactly. Yeah. So, so Rick, uh, Rick Hansen is for people who don't know, is a my is a worst nemesis. Yeah, he's uh, Allison's. Um, like, Allison, Allison has a has a picture of him up on her wall, and she throws darts at it whenever she's feeling um, down. Um, actually, if, if Rick ever listens to this, uh, We're respect sorry. to you, buddy. Yeah, yeah. He's um, he's a neuropsychologist and the author of um, of a book called Hardwired Happiness, Hardwiring Happiness, and he has a quote that literally mirrors what you said very well, um, which is as profoundly social human animals, 
Uh, it's natural for criticism to sting, to sting sometimes, but whatever sting is inherent, we add to this pain with the jabs we give ourselves. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But the thing I is, mean, is, like, I was going to be giving those jabs anyway. The jabs aren't, like, in response to the criticism. <laughs> the jabs were, like, already there. I'm not sure what he's saying, like, the causality is, what the chicken and the egg of it all is. <laughs> yeah. But for me, it's, like, I'm, sta- like, the stabs are before. And someone criticizes me and then the stabs are after because I'm also then thinking yeah. about the criticism. So yeah, it's a, a very multifaceted affair. Yeah, and I think that's this is and this is something we talked about in the in the conflict episode a little bit, which is like it just becomes really important to like not um you know, from a criticism perspective, it's not just the external criticism, right? Like we have to really get better at interrogating our ourselves and our own criticism and uh and sort of taking that apart a little bit breaking it down a little bit and being like does this actually make sense um because the unfortunate truth of, about anxiety in general is that uh we spend a lot of time rerunning these sort of like uh almost sound bites to ourselves until they become like concrete right and it just yeah. like you need bigger machinery to break it down um something that started off as as something pretty uh just a little um thought just becomes more and more solidified and and so i think probably a, lo- a lot of what we need to do with criticism is just to hit pause for a second and be like okay uh perhaps i should stop saying this to myself but mm-hmm. um i i do really like the point that you mentioned about we got to be really careful when someone offers up a criticism to not be like, oh yeah, that validates exactly what I think. Um, and now let us increase the flagellation. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's, it's hard when it's criticism you anticipate and it's something you're sensitive yeah. about. Like I have sort of like trouble modulating like the volume of my voice. Like I just have really bad hearing and it doesn't occur to me that like uh, at times I'm talking like really loudly and it's something that has been brought up to me so many times and it's become such a sore point. It's so it's such a point where like immediately it's like I'm like a cat who just got surprised and it's like, (laughs) you know, like I'm just like, (laughs) like, can you lower your voice to me is like the like. Can you lower your? I guess five most <laughs> offensive words in the English language to me. I, I don't even. I don't even think I counted that right. So don't criticize me if I didn't. I just like. I was somehow too lazy to actually count out all my fingers. It was five. Can you lower your voice? That's five. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Um, and I just like, you know, because it's something you anticipate, and that's what makes it worse. If it's something you know. That like you've actually kind of tried to do something about or be more aware of, but then there's some stuff that's just like well. There is also some stuff that's just me. You know what I mean? And that's the kind of criticism to me that hurts the most is stuff that's kind of like innate as to like who you are as a person. And like, yes, there are things you can do to try to change that. But your baseline is not that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like when I, you know, for example, like talking loudly, like, yes, of course, I have the power to modulate, you know, the, the volume of my voice. But by default, it's not something I think about until people remind me. And so that gets frustrating because it's not something I can really help by just like having my default volume be like 20% lower, you know? Yeah. And there are other things like that as well. Um, just, you know, being anxious and people, you know, like 
being like, can you tone down your anxiety? And you're like, uh, no, that's that's not how this works. The the dial is broken, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've spent a lot of time tinkering on the back end of this machine, and I'll tell you, yeah, the, the yeah. dial is yeah, the dial is broken, and and that can be difficult as well too. Because uh, let's let's say for example that you're somebody who um, has spent a lot of time trying to get a good hold on your anxiety. I mean, I know that uh, I've read books on um, on uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. I've, I've, I've spent a lot of time learning uh, and listening to podcasts around mental health and anxiety. I've, I've got into meditation. I'm like, I'm firing on all cylinders to try and, uh, and, you know, turn that aforementioned dial down and, and have a little bit more control over that. So a comment like that, where it's like, can you just like be a little less like anxious or high strung about this? You're like, it's, it's hard for me to know where to start um, yeah, to address because, that. Because it feels like an erasure of your effort. And so you're just yeah. like, Oh, but this is me trying. You know, and that's, yeah, yeah. and that's the thing that's like that hurts, especially with some criticism, if it's something that you're aware of, and it's not like a criticism of something you weren't aware of, like, oh, hey, when you wrote this paper, like you used this word incorrectly, like that kind of stuff would never trigger me. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, my mistake. But when it's stuff that I know that's like a lifelong battle to try to work on, it's like, come on, like, don't bring this up again. And I mean, you know, that also, like, I don't have immunity against being criticized just because I'm anxious. So, like, I'm aware of that. But the thought does cross my mind that it's just, like, it feels unfair, even though, of course, it's fair. Everyone can be criticized, should be criticized in order to, like, you know, grow as people and be, you know, someone who you can be around harmoniously with, you know, like people do need to make compromises and changes in order to be tolerable. So like criticism has a place, but I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's a little bit, um, it, it's one of those uh, reminders again, that you do have to be careful about uh, how you're saying things um, to, to individuals. Like I think there's, I, I was leading, a tour, I used to be a, a tour guide back in the day when I was, just a young lad. And I remember I had a student on my trip and I really tried to take the time to get to know some of the students. So this, for, for reference, this was uh, leading graduate, like grade eight graduation trips to, to Ottawa. And I remember that I had uh, a student on there who was like, she was, you know, I could, I could tell she was struggling a little bit being on this big loud bus with everybody. And I ended up chatting with her and she talked to me a little bit about her brother who had some, I think she alluded to the fact that like he, I don't know, had some struggles of his own. And she said that the first thing, that the moment she turned 16, the first thing she was going to do was get a tattoo. And I said, what tattoo are you going to get? And she said the, the quote, um, and I can't remember who wrote this, but the quote is be kind for, uh, for everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always try and keep that in mind because some little like uh, a comment that you think it just like will pass, like for example, someone I have a loud voice too. For someone being like, "Wow, you're so loud," or something like that, you know, they may think like that's just a fun jab or whatever. But like it's a, you know to to bring it back to what we we're talking about before. I mean, 
it might be a jab that I've given myself a thousand times and it's right. just like, it's extra painful because your, your eyes, you already have a black eye, you know, yeah. you're already, um, weakened. So that's something I try to remember is just to that, that quote, be kind for everyone you meet fighting a hard battle. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, I think we talked a little bit about this in a previous episode as well, where it, it can, you know, with anxiety, right. It can be a situation where you feel like, you're the only person who's feeling a certain way. It's kind of, it can be helpful to pull back and be like, oh no, every, everyone's legit struggling in their own way. And it, and it may not be under the umbrella of anxiety, but you know, everyone's got their own struggles. I've, I've yet to meet a person in this world who, who doesn't have something they're contending with, whether they pretend they are or not. You know, there's a lot of people who look like they have everything together on the surface, but they might just have a really, uh, they're playing a really, really good role. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Totally. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think that's, that's an interesting part of criticism. Um, I'd love to shift it a little bit just to talk about, uh, I think we talked a little bit about, you know, criticizing ourselves um, and things like that, but talking a little bit about the importance of trying to figure out maybe not, not just the criticism, but where it's coming from. I'd love mm-hmm. to talk about like whether, I don't know, either of us have any strategies for, taking a pause to think about to think about the actual criticism before we get um totally overwhelmed uh, i am yeah. somebody for like pretty much my entire life i th- and i think it probably stems back to adhd in some way it's always been a struggle for me not to be extremely reactionary yeah um, so so like when someone says something I know for a fact that it's easier for me to go from zero to a hundred than the average person mm-hmm. because I've been in classrooms. I've been in like where people are like almost taken aback, like, Whoa, that like, like that escalated really quickly. Right. And so I'm, mm-hmm. I have to be really cognizant of that. So I think a big part of what I'm trying to do right now is to just give myself enough time to pause so I can actually think about the criticism and then I can take it apart. So I guess I'd love to know for, for starters. I mean, does that, is that something that you think resonates with you? And do you think that's something that's, is that particular to anxiety or ADD and ADHD? Or is that like, I'm not really sure where that stems from. So I'm curious to sort of discuss that a bit. Yeah. I don't know. I, for me, like, I'm not sure I have the same reaction, but I'm not sure where it comes from. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's amalgamation of it all. You know, I, you know, do have anxiety, social anxiety and panic disorder. I have a little tiny bit of like inattentive type ADD, a little bit of general depression. So I'm just a fun cocktail of mental illness. And um, I'm basically a Long Island iced tea of mental illness. (laughs) You have a bit of everything. A bit of everything. Very strong. And it's very strong and it'll fuck you up um, <laughs> it'll make you hate your life the next day now. Um, <laughs> i need to figure out what cocktail i am because i think it depends on the day <laughs> i don't know i, I don't, I don't know. think for some reason i just like i just the word sake teeny just popped into my head and i have no idea why <laughs> <laughs> i guess i'll take it i mean i guess i'm like um, I don't even know where to take that. Actually. I don't know because for some, like for some reason, I guess sakutini is like it's a little bit classy. Yeah. Like, okay. But it's also like got olives and shit, and it'll fuck you up. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know. Is that, is, so I, I guess I, I mean I will take that. 
as a bit of an opposite of criticism. Uh, when you explain it that way, I feel like that's kind of like a, an undercover compliment. It so, is, yeah. 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 So, Whereas I'm just straight trashing myself. Um, <laughs> I, th- I, I think, I think if this, like, if this, we're continuing to get a good audience, which is great. But I think if this podcast continues to like really grow, um, we need to get matching tattoos, and and mine will be like a little like sockatini on my ankle, and you get and you get a Long Island iced tea on your ankle, and we can just sort of. But that just looks gross. Like yours would be yeah, classy, and mine will just look like a thing of soda, and people are like, "Why do you have a you know <laughs> diet coke? A diet- Why do you have a diet coke tattoo?" <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, so I don't really know where it stems from, but I've always had a temper and, um, it's, but like, it's more like a sad temper with some anger mixed in as well. So like, it's like, I'll be angry, but I'll also be crying, you know? And so like, I just, I got a metaphor. I got a metaphor. Go for it. Okay. So to me, um, it's it's the equivalent to there's like a let's say there's just like an empty balloon on the ground. Normally, people when they're getting frustrated, like the balloon fills pretty slowly, gradually, whatever. But in, in this situation, and again, this is probably that that polite mixture we're talking about, that pleasant mental health cocktail. It's like the balloon inflates hyper quickly, and yeah. then and then like bursts and then you have to stare on the ground and be like oh gosh there's balloon everywhere and surprise there was goo inside the balloon and now <laughs> it's everywhere that was a plot twist <laughs> that. i did i didn't see the goo in the balloon coming no um <laughs> no yeah. one does you never do um <laughs> Yeah, and no, it's just like a water balloon filled with like milk or something at the end. And you're just like, no. This um, is really, this is getting really specific and sadistic. It's just yeah, like, I'm in a weird place today. It's okay. We need <laughs> to create anyway. like a really a really messed up anxiety amusement park with just all these metaphors actualized. Oh God, that sounds terrifying. I'm just yeah, imagining like a spinning teacup ride that has something to do with anxiety. Because that just, ride is the definition of anxiety. The spinning, so the spinning teacup ride at our anxiety theme park, the catch is that you never know how long you're going on for. Oh my God. Yeah. And it could be anywhere from nine seconds to 95 minutes. <laughs> and the speed is always just, Yeah. And they just roll a dial. Yeah, oh my God. That would be the worst part. Um, oh my God. Um, and, and roller coasters that there's one, one roller coaster row. Uh, on each of them moving that like isn't quite properly fitted so you could fly out so you you really want to enjoy the ride but you're just not quite sure if you're in the one row that could be not fitted Uh, one more like there are all these decorative bolts that look as if they're coming out (laughs) (laughs) so what do you well like uh, this is just a side tangent that i cannot pull back from yet what is what's the name of this anxiety theme park do you think i mean anxiety land seems like the obvious choice yeah but I, I don't know. I don't know, like Dizzy World, like Disney. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's it, Dizzy World, <laughs> because it's it's all it's and all of the um, all of the walkways to get to the rides are slightly slanted, so you're never quite on normal. Oh fitting. my god, that Sweating. would be horrific. Oh my, now I'm gonna have nightmares about this, and I'm gonna wake up and eat tomorrow again. So thank you, Chris. Yeah, but this <laughs> is, but this is, um, 
<laughs> I mean, I love when we have guests on. I think it's it's a lot of fun and adds something. And we, and we, I think we try to have a guest on kind of once a month or so. But the truth is that these like Disneyland, that's only getting created out of a, 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 a the two of us being on here and just taking a strange left turn. I yeah, like yeah because we we don't like. We don't feel guilty about them like stealing someone else's spotlight. It's just us. So it's, yeah, yeah, it's this is our spotlight. Yes, mine, all mine. <laughs> exactly. I I did actually want to say that I was researching a bit for this episode and humble brag. And actually, yeah, exactly. Thank you. Um, and and did I did come across like defensive defensiveness is actually a real is a really uh, common attribute with with anxiety mm-hmm. and and it, and it and it is correlated to exactly what you mentioned before which is that you're so instantly defensive because you we've used this courtroom analogy before but it's like you already have tried yourself for those crimes so yeah. you're like you're like you're like I get it already but the other person has no idea that you've right. already been yeah so it feels you know. redundant to you and you're like oh haven't we been over this a million times but like for yeah. that person they might literally be telling it to you for the first time or they might not exactly. be but like, yeah. um, it, it's just kind of instantly you get that, that feeling that you sort of need to protect yourself too. And a lot of anxiety as well, especially if you have something that's more on the physicality side or like the um, panic disorder side, um, a lot of anxiety disorder is like a, a flight or fight system gone totally awry that's just like basically like a very overactive car alarm that's like you breathe on the car and it's like and um and that at least that's how it is for me and um no i liked it a lot i liked it a lot yeah i don't know what that car alarm was i didn't think i wanted to try a real alarm so i just yeah that's a little better me 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 now i want to throw a shoe <laughs> but um yeah, I, I apologize to everybody for that. <laughs> um oh my god what was i saying uh oh yeah so like you just have that really hypersensitive car alarm and i actually didn't remember what i was gonna say i just remembered the car alarm but what was i saying before that I also uh, can't remember, but I can save us by reaching down for a quote, which is somewhat applicable. Okay. okay. Yeah. What do you, okay. Go for so it. Let's, quote, let's, quote, please. Let's, okay. Avoid. Quote, quote incoming. So uh, I found an article called Social Anxiety Coping with Criticism on the, it was an article released by the National Society, the, the National Social Anxiety Center. And there was uh, a paragraph that I wanted to include somewhere. And so I feel like I will include it at the spot where we both had a mental blank and um, it will naturally get us back on track. So, and this is um, tied to a lot of what we've been talking about so far. um, And and I think it will, it's naturally going to lead us to our next path. Uh, The path shall be revealed to us, the yellow brick road, if you will. So (laughs) it says when one is socially anxious, there's a tendency to be focused on being judged. Sorry to be so focused on being judged that the validity of the criticism is not questioned. In the moment of being criticized, all you feel is the sense of shame at being found deficient, which is exactly what we just said. Uh, They go on to say, remember that not all criticism is valid, so do question it. One needs to also question whether the criticism serves any purpose at all, if it is valid. 
Furthermore, even if the criticism is valid and necessary, the delivery needs to be respectful. So being deficient does not justify being disrespected. Everyone makes mistakes and has shortcomings, including the person who is being critical. Accepting that you are as human as everyone else will help you develop a different mindset and belief about being a worthy person, regardless of your deficiencies and errors. Nice. Nice. So there's a lot I, to unpack there. I take there, umbrage but... with the fact that everyone has errors and deficiencies. I mean, I'm perfect, clearly. That's true. I, I hadn't really thought about that. Um, I, I I really didn't think about audience when I brought up that quote because I forgot um, that you were perfect. So I don't know. Can we even talk about that quote now? Um, I mean, it'll have to be you because I am perfect yeah, and have no of the, flaws. So. Right. Of course. So I, I guess what I the one thing that I just wanted to point out is um, I, I just know for me with criticism, I can often paint this uh I will paint this picture in my mind of like this perfect jury that they, they all have the right to, to criticize me because I'm the only one who's flawed. And, and it is helpful mm, to mm-hmm. remember. It's just helpful to remember kind of at all times um, that one line that they mentioned in this, which is that that everyone makes mistakes and has shortcomings, including the person who is being critical. Yeah. Because I don't know about you, but like for me, it can like it can sting more because I will often think that the person who's being critical of me in some way well, they don't face this. They're 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 clearly superior. They 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 don't have these issues that I have, you know. Yeah, I think when you live with a mental illness, you automatically just kind of like ascribe yourself to just like being in the wrong a lot of the time, mm-hmm. and you're, you're just like, I'm broken. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, okay, so yeah, of course I'm doing that because that's just how I am. Because yeah, I just fuck things up. I'm just bad. And um, it's helpful to remember that just because someone isn't anxious, someone is neurotypical, doesn't have any mental illness or anything, doesn't mean they're necessarily more right than you. And also, Mm -hmm. like, what even, let me get very philosophical, what even is right? You know, (laughs) like, like, okay, what are they criticizing? Does it actually have merit? Are they criticizing something that they don't like or are they criticizing something that that is more like what you're doing is harmful? Therefore, yes, it deserves to be criticized. Mm-hmm. It's like if it's something that people just don't like, well, like you don't have to be everyone's cup of tea, you know? Exactly. Yeah. The Brazilians Especially... say it's not my beach. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And then, yeah, it's <laughs> not everyone's... Be everyone's beach. It's not everyone's cup of tea, especially not the cup of tea at Disney World. No. Um, no. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that I think that's well said, and I also think it's worth pointing out just briefly that I don't think either of us are like advocating for you know a world void of criticism. It would be ridiculous to live in a world where everyone just was like, oh, and everything's great and so on, because there's a lot of things going on, and and. Um, I think mostly the reason I was keen to discuss this and is just because it it's a great opportunity to step back and and sort of think about the fact that we we do ultimately need criticism you know we we, we yeah. but the, but but as that quote mentioned it's just more about being tactful and being respectful to somebody so like I know there have been plenty of times where there was an opportunity to help somebody and I just said like hey by the way like I'm not sure if you knew this but you can do this um mm-hmm. you know it could be something 
It could yeah. be something personal. It could be something professional or whatever. But there are ways that we can go about things that are kind and respectful and aren't just like, you know, rude and, uh, and you know, poking the bear, so to speak. Yeah. I think at the same time, though, we do have to, like, give grace to, like, if we have erred and done something wrong and someone is angry with us and correct like correcting us and giving us criticism like at the same time I think that doesn't necessarily invalidate it the the delivery may be hurtful but if you have hurt someone and created you know created harm and someone responds being harmed and being upset like Mm -hmm. then I think also you have to sort of be able to take that criticism, even if it's not like wrapped up with a nice bow, even if you Very didn't fair. mean to hurt someone, if you do something that's hurtful, it's always about impact over intent. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so sometimes you are going to be delivered criticism that isn't exactly the way that you wish you were being criticized. Yeah. And someone's anger response doesn't invalidate the message of it. You know? Yeah. And and yeah. And actually, and sometimes you need to hear that. Like, I remember when I was um, a, a rather rambunctious teenager and, and probably just not always making the best decisions to be perfectly, to be perfectly open with that, just as all teenagers fail to, to do. But I think, um, you know, my, my parents were, had probably tried a number of ways to be like, hey, um, maybe, uh, maybe stop doing some of those things. You like get like, without uh, diving back into the the mind of 16 year old Chris, which no one wants to do, especially not me. (laughs) I think the big thing was that like you, you get influenced easily when you're that age. And I think I was, um, you know, you probably just like carried on a wave that I just didn't want to be carried on, to be honest. And I remember like, you know, my brother just kind of at one point, just like, we just had a talk where he he was basically just like, so um, I'm worried and, kind of pissed off and uh like it's time you figure your shit out you know and it was one of those things where it was like there's no other way that that's going to be delivered right mm-hmm. um that has to be delivered with a certain like if my brother were, like came to me and was kind of like wrapped it in a, in, in a polite bow and was like why don't you consider this chris i mean like you know it, it kind of needed to be delivered like hey older brother coming in here um yeah. drawing a line and that's it right but the big thing to circle back to some of the, what we've been talking about was like, I completely understood his intentionality. Like yeah. I knew it was in my heat. There is no question in my mind that my brother always has and always will have my best interest at heart. Right. And, and, and same with my parents, to be honest. But at that time you like, you create this, like, I don't want my parents telling me what to do, man. You know, like, cause you <laughs> yeah. think, you think you, you think you're mature, but you're so far from it. So it's not just the message, is it? It's 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 the giver of that message. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, anything else that we need to cover? Have we We've I'm, gone I'm, to a, I'm sorry, I, I'm like super brain dead today, so this might be a short one. No, that's okay. I, I, I mean, it's not like all of our episodes need to be an hour and forty five minutes. Some people are probably like silently mouthing things. as long as the criticism doesn't actually arrive to us i mean it's fine um no the the last thing that i really just wanted to talk about was this concept and this is brought up in that uh that article um as well social anxiety coping with criticism we put all these links in the show notes as well for people if they want to check them out uh which 
will be attached to the episode uh, in the description. Um, it was just the idea that we, you know, when you have social anxiety in particular, you want to avoid all situations where there is a likelihood of criticism. And unless you want to completely isolate yourself, you know, you're going to have to contend with a little bit of it. So, mm-hmm. so the point being that, and kind of the way I wanted to spin it was like, um, whether we want it or not, we're going to have to contend with criticism. So I guess the 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 wrap up here uh, piece would just be, you know, asking you like, you've had to contend with criticism. I've had to contend with criticism. You've had to contend with criticism with anxiety and and, and your uh, your heavy cocktail, your Long Island cocktail of uh, <laughs> of things going on. Um, so I just would love to know if there is anything you've learned about handling criticism since it's kind of unavoidable. Yeah, I'm trying to be less reactive of it or at least less outwardly reactive, even if like there's like a maelstrom going on inside where it's like, (laughs) you know, the gates to hell opening and I'm like, ah, how dare you criticize me? Um, But um, yeah, I guess trying to take a beat before I respond um, to criticism and trying to consider the person's point of view, uh, what blind spots I might have to the criticism being given to me. If there is something, you know, particularly where my perspective is lacking. And um, yeah, I guess I just try to um, kind of be quiet and learn sometimes. Mm -hmm. It depends how the criticism is being presented to me, right? Because if the criticism is being presented in the form of like information, you know, for example, information that's like critical of like white feminism and how we don't reach out enough to like, you know, women of color and blah, 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 like how white women don't are, are not good allies. I might take that as criticism, but that I can sit with and think about a little more because it's conceptual, you know, it's hmm. criticism, but it's like not, it's criticism where I'm like, oh, okay, like, I don't feel a need to defend myself. I can just learn that, like, listen to this information. And maybe I'm not at the point where I internalize it or agree with it yet, but, like, I can sit with it and I don't need to, like, mm-hmm. fight with it or argue with it. So if it's, like, information that's, like, critical but not critical at me, it's a mm-hmm. little different. Whereas, like, if I'm actually having a conflict with someone, it's a lot harder because, like, that fight or flight response just starts. Um, oh, that was the car alarm. Yeah, my fl- ah. <laughs> there we go. Um, my flight or fight response just like starts going fucking haywire, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, alert, alert! You're not safe. You're not safe. <laughs> I'll spare everyone the sound effects from the yeah. car alarm on my head. <laughs> yeah. So, um. It kind of depends on how the criticism is being presented to me. I do a lot better with like theoretical or like written criticism as opposed to face-to-face verbal criticism. Like actually, frankly, an email of my faults would be a lot less terrifying than a verbal discussion of my faults. That would be way, 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 way worse for me just because then I have to respond. You know, you can't just be like, hmm. I shall take that into consideration and then end the conversation. You know, you do have to actually like probably say something, you know? 
Yes. Are you not enjoying the calls that I, uh, in the middle of the night when I just yell at you then, or? No, maybe we could tone that down to like, okay. like a week to keep me on my toes, but maybe not okay. every night. It's a little All right. weird, Chris. Okay. I'll, I'll stop that. I mean, I, I thought it was a motivator, but um, now that you've <laughs> shared this, I, I'll definitely pull back on that. So I'm happy we did this episode just so I could uh, get a picture on that. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? I mean, the one thing that I was just going to say is just that I, the biggest thing for me when I think about criticism is understanding that uh, criticism shouldn't be too painful. Like criticism is only painful if I think I'm perfect and, and I don't, right? And so it's just oh, like- Oh, rem- see, I think I'm perfect. So that's the problem. That's the problem. <laughs> and this is, a, this is a, actually speaking of criticism, this is actually just a huge jab at your character. So I'm just going to continue on and, and I'm just- <laughs> I'm going to look for you to just really internalize this. Um, <laughs> sorry, I couldn't even keep it together. Um, <laughs> I I think that the, the like, you obviously know I'm going to go into a metaphor here. Um, the, the main thing for me is, like, I don't picture myself as perfect in this, like, statue of David, you know, like, this perfect... Uh, perfect character. I think of more of myself as colorful Play-Doh, you know, that I can sort of mold and at will and, and changes every day. And so in light of that, I've got to be just remembering that I'm always a work in progress and, mm-hmm. and it, it becomes a little less painful, you know, and, it, and it's not like, you know, I'm pretty fortunate. Like it's, it's not like I'm getting emails left, right. And you sound like, you're the worst, Chris. Like I, I'm actually really, I can, fortunate. I can set that up. Okay. Are you the one sending those? (laughs) (laughs) I love the subtle subplot we've created about each other antagonizing. Um, Yeah. So anyways, that's like, I I am actually very fortunate to be in a position where I actually receive, it's more for me about making sure I don't let praise go to my head because I've, I've been fortunate a lot of people seem to really support some of the stuff that I'm doing here, but I, I don't have no criticism. But I just remember when I do get criticism, kind of like you said before, take a second, think about how it applies to me, if it is valid, and uh, and maybe how I can use that. So either I use that to, to fuel um, my uh, continual efforts towards Statue of David status, um, which is never attainable, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I'm definitely not Statue of David. I could never have those abs. I definitely have the, the Play-Doh quarantine bod. <laughs> hey man, as long as the as long as the play is colorful, it's great. Is it? Just, is that the goal? I don't know. <laughs> that's that's what I'm going with. Um, but I was going with more of like the because Play-Doh is kind of fun and malleable, not necessarily like the not necessarily like the big mushy nature of it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's one of those metaphors that has uh, you could really take that any way you want. So yeah. for anyone li- anyone listening, we went very different directions with that. I was going to say, I was going for more of the fact that like, we're all a work in progress. And I um, went full you, on body dysmorphia. Yeah. You, <laughs> and you, you took it more as like, I'm not, I, I identify with the mushy gelatinous nature of, uh, of Play-Doh. <laughs> like, I don't know if gelatinous is even the right word. But yeah. Like, that grossed me out. Yeah. It's like yeah. Cause it's not starchy. really, it's not, it's actually really not gelatinous at all. It's more yeah, starchy and yeah, like, like springy. Ma- yeah, yeah, exactly. That that's um, that's, we can put, put that in. The, we can put that in. The, yeah, stretchy. Exactly. We can put that in the the failed adjective. Um, yeah. 
category. So anyways, if anyone's you keeping can, track. You can go on We're Anxious About and tell us a better adjective for Play-Doh. We would really appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> or wouldn't it be funny if we just had a surprise guest right now? We're like, and now we're going to have longtime listener Gerald come on and criticize both of us endlessly and see how we react. <laughs> oh, God. That just gave me some anxiety. Can I revise my two? I'm not like um no, Gerald, no you don't Gerald put me at a four. <laughs> I hate when Gerald does that. Uh just to make sure that you don't actually go up to a four, I think this is a wonderful place to pull back and to um finish off the episode just by asking you um what's one thing in the past week we usually say that you are patting yourself on the back for. This ensures that you end on a positive note, Allison. I'm sorry, yes. you don't have a choice. That is fine because I actually have something totally prepared and I think I'm stealing yours as well. Um, We got written up in Forbes and that was super exciting. We were listed as an inspiring uh, travel and culture podcast um, on Forbes uh, alongside some other really excellent podcasts from podcasters I really respect. And so that was just like hugely validating that what we're working on is um exciting and resonates with people so i just wanted to brag about that drop the humble just straight up brag because (laughs) um i think that's actually pretty freaking cool and i'm really proud of us so yeah that's what i'm humble bragging and patting myself on the back for yeah, cool. Well, that was meaningless to me. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, that was, that was, <laughs> that was uh, yeah, of course, that's what I was going to mention as well. I think um, like this podcast doesn't happen by accident. It's a lot of messages behind the scenes. It's a lot of laboring over editing and stuff like that because we're still kind of, you know, we're still a low budget podcast. We, we don't have a flashy production team or anything like that. But I don't know. It was pretty remarkable to me because we both do a lot of things and, and we both through a lot of things that we've been working on for a lot longer than this. And to get that kind of validation after really putting in a few really hard months here to put this together, we've kept it consistent. And I think we probably have some new um, listeners on board. I know we have some new listeners on board from, from that mention. So yeah, let's happily take a moment to be proud of ourselves there. I am totally with you. Take the humble and throw it in the trash because we are... <laughs> Sometimes uh, you just got to brag and you just got to be fucking showy about it. I, I because agree. Because you I'm criticize just... yourself so damn much. So it's like, exactly. well, this is the one thing that I can't criticize myself about right now. Yeah. And you know what? Like if we are talking about the jabs, the self-inflicted jabs, this is the beautiful counter punch you know this is that it's a really nice i was i was gonna say it's a really nice bag of ice for all the jabs we give ourselves (laughs) i I actually like that better it's like except it's like it's like uh it's ice that just doesn't melt you know um it'll melt eventually but i think we're still using that bag of ice for now right (laughs) how long do we get to use it for like a long time or four years okay four years all right (laughs) Well, that gives me, that gives me, that should be, I'll probably need that ice though for my, uh, my run for prime minister though. So I don't know. Hopefully oh, okay. we can get. Okay. Maybe six. Okay. Let's do let's, let's keep it going to, to six. Um, all right. Well, I think that's a great place to, to end on. Um, I hope everyone accepted that brag for what it was. Um, 
if you want to come and either criticize or celebrate us, you can find us in the We're Anxious About Facebook group. If you got a moment, we'd love a review. Um, you know, those those five stars and those reviews, uh, they are more bags of ice for us, uh, which we need. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by the Ice Council. <laughs> of America somehow. Of America. No, of Antarctica. Yes. Please okay. stop melting us. <laughs> yeah. Oh. oh. Yeah. I um. I, well, that would at least be like a that would be a lot better sponsor. So we could at least talk about climate change and stuff like that. Things which really matter, as opposed to yeah. our I other hypothetical about sponsors. Suggesting that, but I'm like, oh, I think that's too heavy for right now. I think I'm yeah. too anxious about climate change to actually like joke about it. So we will tackle that because I know it's something we're both passionate about. Um, yeah. Largely because we have brains which work, um, and we can. <laughs> And, we can see. and forward thinking and the ability yes. to storyboard out more than six months at a time. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, but, yeah. so um, but it's like, it's too close to home literally right now for me. Yeah. No um, kidding. 100%. Seeing all the photos of like my hometown and like every, like everything just looking like Mars. My mom sent me a video of her commute looking just like yeah. something out of an apocalyptic novel. Nothing, nothing filtered, nothing. Like that's all real. And it was, I think that kind of has been weighing on me a little bit seeing some, you know, it's weird when you see bad things happening at home, you know? So Uh, of course. Yeah. When you're not there to like, you know, be there and experience it and grieve with the people and, you know, commiserate with the people. It's weird. It's a very alienating feeling. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I totally, I totally understand that. And I hope that in all seriousness, um, this, past hour chat does um I, I hope at the very least that the the fake two maybe became a real two um yeah but... i'm feeling better even good, though good. now i'm kind of filled with a little bit of doom and gloom but that was my own fault <laughs> yeah yeah i tried my best Allison. yeah yeah i don't know like i went from like yay forbes to oh climate change uh. <laughs> yeah i mean we'll I address that up We'll address that on another episode. For now, let's celebrate, uh, bring out the skates and just dance on this ice a little bit. And uh, I guess we'll we'll just take this opportunity to thank everyone for tuning in again. um, We will be back in your ears on a consistent basis because that's what we like to do. um, So you can rely on us uh, when the world is so unreliable. And uh, thank you guys for taking the time to listen uh, along with us and and uh, hopefully um, hopefully it was a helpful episode for you and we'll catch you soon catch you soon thanks for listening bye